0: There and welcome to another edition of the 1% Better podcast with your host, Rob O'Donoghue.
1: Well, welcome back to another episode. This one is episode 35 and it is with Jenny Rivette. So, just before I go into details about the show, uh, a little bit of detail, a few quick ones around the overall podcast and new developments. So, the weekly newsletter goes out on a monday or the day of a show so i'd love if you signed up for that you can do so by just going to rob of the Green. website if you don't use uh, the pop-up for signing up you x that out by mistake or on purpose you can sign up by clicking on the home page link and that would be great i have over a thousand signed up at the moment uh, so i'd love to to grow it more what else upcoming episodes I have another five recorded or so and that'll probably bring me up to around the 40 mark as I said I hope to do about 50 this year so I'd love to aim high for the 50th guest so if anyone has any suggestions or ideas on who they'd like to hear me talk to let me know I'll actively pursue them I have a few irons in the fire as they say but uh, yeah that'd be great to hear Another thing I'd like to do uh, on a show, on every episode, just after the interview, is read out uh, any feedback or questions or just comments from a listener. So if you'd like to send something in and be possibly uh, read out on, on air or whatever you want to call it, podcast air, uh, please do. Uh, what would be really cool is if you got something out of one of the episodes that made you that little bit better one percent better i would love to hear that and i'll read it out and hopefully others get something from that as well so so there are a couple of things that uh, i have rolling around in my head that i just wanted to get out before i talk a little bit about jenny so jenny revit is a world-renowned fitness and nutrition consultant what might have drawn you into the episode is the fact that she was lady diana's personal trainer for 7 years which we talk about in a little bit of detail during the show jenny talks about her time with working with lady diana a few funny stories around that seems like you know like everybody says that you hear well she was a lovely lady And Jenny certainly backs that up. But the episode's much more than that. We talk about Jenny's career. She's been an author. She's released numerous DVDs. She's been on TV. She's been on a lot of shows over the years around fitness. She's trained not just Lady Diana, but other high profile folks that we talk about Liz Hurley, Imran Khan, Fergie jeffrey archer so quite quite a list Um, but as i said she has developed her own methods and approaches to women's fitness more focused on women this episode than guys so sorry about that lads so we talk about nutrition exercise the importance of walking so much more that uh, i'm sure you'll get lots out of and hopefully a few tips that you can apply in practice in the in the day-to-day that uh, can help in getting you in better shape so so check the show notes there's more details there but uh, hopefully you'll just dive in and enjoy the uh, shorter than normal podcast duration that I do uh, with uh, Jenny Rivet enjoy how are you doing
0: Um, it looks like it's going to be a nice day so that's always important for me being a South African (laughs)
1: <laughs> exactly i was just thinking this is the first time i've uh recorded a podcast before 7 a.m so this is a, a first for for the show
0: that's what you do when you get healthy fit people on the show
1: exactly so we're going to give out some great good tips to um to others so i guess what i was thinking about that it, were you always a morning person was a you know an early rise always part of your routine
0: yes pretty much so rob it's always been like that um and when you live in a hot country it's 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 conducive. Most people in the southern hemisphere would uh, exercise in the morning rather than in the evenings.
1: Hmm. Just that it get too it's just gets it gets probably too hot. Is it too hot late in the evening, or is it just that uh people are more susceptible to doing it? Is it just a cultural thing?
0: Yeah, I think it's just probably a cultural thing and uh yeah, the warm weather probably, Rob.
1: Okay, very good. So you grew up in in South Africa,
0: I did. Yes, I did.
1: Um, and and during your, I suppose your early early years, was health and fitness something that was always kind of part of that?
0: Um, well, my mum was very involved in health and fitness. She actually released the first exercise record in those days, LP called um, "Come Slim with Me." Okay. So I think it's kind of my brother was a Springbok water skier. We were all quite sporty. And so that's where it all started. And then when I was very young, um, at the age of 19, I opened my first studio. Um, and then when I was 23, left to go and study and work uh, mostly in the States, but ended up in the UK.
1: Very good. So when you were, so you, you touched on it, your parents were like a, a kind of a good and big influence on 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 your health and fitness yes, regime
0: actually. definitely especially my mom
1: and did she obviously continue her career doing health and fitness uh you know alongside you in those years as well if you said she had a video early
0: she looked amazing right up until the end of her life she really did
1: so lots of inspiration inspiration from from her there anything you know in your early years growing up in south africa that you remember as kind of standout moments that made you feel that you were going in the right direction or on the right career path?
0: Well actually I always one. I initially wanted to be a phys ed teacher. Okay. And then and then then you know changed my my views a little bit later on. But actually that standout moment happened for me here in the UK. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, I was I had come here in the early nineties and was considering getting out of the fitness industry because I just thought in those days, well, there's no future. I didn't realize how massive it was going to become. And so I tried to get into, um, you know, secretarial work. And um, and one day I arrived, I was temping, and I arrived at the office and everyone was kind of looking at me in a very strange way. Hmm. And I looked around the office and I went, What? And the office manager came up to me and she said, "Oh, Jenny, did they not tell you? Um, we 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 suggested that you don't come back today." <laughs> really? And I think I'd done something like wow. um, register, post some keys through a box without registering. Okay. So so I then took off my high heels, put on my trainers, and decided that I was going to pursue a, a career in fitness, and I've never looked back.
1: Okay. Well, that's that's great in that it. Uh... It spurred you on and give you you know that sense of clarity on what you should should do next. Would that be that would be fair to say? And uh, and like from your you know from I suppose the last number of years, just reading your bio that I didn't even get a chance to read out at the start. That's probably me because I'm still waking up here. <laughs> that you're, you're you're like a world renowned fitness and nutrition consultant. Uh, you've you're you're an author. You're a fitness journalist. You've lots of DVDs out, and all that happened. I guess as a result, maybe of that that incident and that that kind of set you on a different path?
0: Yes, absolutely. I think um, like in any career, um, when you put your love and passion and everything you've got into it, you know, you're generally going to succeed. And um, South Africans do have a reputation for working hard. And, um, yeah, so that's exactly what I did. And it all panned out well.
1: It certainly did. And so, like, I guess as you started moving into that direction was there then other kind of breakthrough moments i certainly love to talk a little bit about your you know your time working with Lady diana but as you kind of built up to to that what was the you know the next big milestone maybe and h- how you can move forward
0: i think what happened in the early nine in the 90s as a matter of fact was that i i was invited to be a fitness presenter in the united kingdom which was a great honor for me so i did the circuit of educating and doing workshops and presentations all around the country, mm-hmm. um, which I loved. Yeah, so that was a, a big moment for me as well. And then I was doing, um, I was studio coordinator of two very well-known clubs in those days. One was called Bodies in Chelsea, where a lot of well-known people went. I mean, I, right. I remember... I spent an hour training Liz Hurley, not even knowing who she was.
1: Okay.
0: And uh, you know the likes of Imran Imran Khan and Fergie, and mm-hmm. a lot of well-known lords and ladies used to attend bodies in Chelsea. Right. Um, and then I was also studio coordinator of another well-known club called Earl's Court Gym. Mhm.
1: So that that was really giving you good uh, exposure to.
0: Yeah, I just building my profile and, um, you know, my career, really.
1: Yeah. So then how did the actual call for from Lady Diana happen, or how did that actually come into play? You, you talk about whatever you can talk about around that.
0: Yeah, no, it's absolutely fine. You know, she gave me permission to say I was her trainer, and um, so I've only ever shared lovely stories. Um, actually, I got a phone call from Kensington Palace one day to say um, Her Royal Highness the princess of wales would like to make an appointment to see you and i was like really well let me just check my diary <laughs>
1: did you think it was a wind-up call or were you, you, um, you no no you no know? right.
0: you know, i was totally gobsmacked but yeah. um and she later told me that when i asked her she said that she had heard about me at three different dinner parties jenny the south african have okay. you have you heard of jenny the south african trainer
1: right so that's that was a, a really good a good moment, and I guess then once you started to to work with her, uh, I'm sure that brought on more exposure. You you weren't dedicated just working with Lady Day, and I imagine you were still working,
0: you know, lots of clients. Yeah, well, I continued I continued my work, sort of um, presenting, um, but in in many respects it held me back, Rob, because oh, okay. if somebody wanted to do an article in. Um, a magazine or a health and fitness magazine or a newspaper on anything fitness or health related. I had to turn it down Mm. um, in in fear of them attaching her name to it. Sure. So, you know, I was with her for seven years Mm. and very loyal to her, never ever breached any confidence in any way. Mm. Um, Just had lots of fun with her and it was an honor and a privilege. So I'm not by any means saying that it was uh, you know a no. hindrance uh, yeah. it was it was just a little bit of a, a hindrance from that point of view
1: sure yeah it's interesting i guess from the outside you would think oh that's going to be a great um extra bonus to to your career at the time and then when you know when we talk about it like that now yeah you can see sometimes that uh, a lot of people maybe wanting to talk to you just to get under the covers of that and want to, to, you know, look to to kind of do some exposure around yes, it. So, absolutely.
0: Um, and in fact, one day, uh, one day somebody did a pitch up at a class of mine, a journalist undercover. Um, she she grabbed the photographs from some book that I was in, and um, a few days later in the paper there was a big story about um, Princess Diana and how she got the body to die for. Mm. Um, which was very unpleasant experience for me.
1: Sure. Yeah, no, I can I can imagine. Do you think during those years that did um did that exposure you sort said of it kinda of held you back a little bit? But I presume there was some, some good benefits out of it as well, did, did some good stuff come out of it over time, do you think?
0: Oh yes, absolutely. Look, um I had a waiting list of people that wanted to train with me simply because I was Princess Diana's trainer. Um, and you know, even now today, it's, it's it's given me great credibility. You know, not anybody just gets to work with the Princess of Wales, let alone a South African. So yes, of course, it's a wonderful thing to have on your CV, and it's for me, it's a great honor and a privilege to have been in that position, um, and to have worked with somebody of her you know, caliber. Sure. Who, who was actually just such a down-to-earth person and taught me so many lessons in life.
1: Oh, that's, that's great. And just even, is there anything specific that, that stands out when you talk about that lessons in life? And I, I like to talk about people's values and stuff. Is there, you know, values that you took maybe from her that stick with you?
0: Well, she was just an incredibly... Um, hum- her humility and her... Mm compassion. I just remember that. She just always had such a compassion for, you know, if I walked in, it was never about me because when you train people, it's always about them. So you have mm-hmm. to leave your problems at home. Um, but she was incredibly perceptive. So she would pick up very quickly on on if, you know, things weren't 100% with myself. And I remember sure. one day that my brother had been diagnosed with cancer. Oh. And she said, Jenny, you're not yourself today. And I told her the story. Right. By the time I'd got home, she had left a message on my answer phone to say, you know, I've got hold of my top oncologist in London. Wow. Please uh, give us the name of your brother's oncologist in Durban and we, we're going to connect them and we're going to help your brother. And wow. he had been given, I think, six months. And I'm happy to say sort of 20 years down the line, he's still there and wow and uh, well and alive
1: so yeah so listening was something very high on her uh her skill set I guess and you know that's very important like when I, I do a lot of yes. executive coaching and you know listening to people is one of the most important things anyone can do so you would you know yeah imagine I suppose as you going in as the trainer you know you would have had a role to listen to as well I suppose but it, it's good to see it was on you know on both sides what was the actual vetting process to get get into work in that environment? Straightforward, or was you know you you mentioned earlier South African, I don't know was there I was thinking earlier was like that uh, would that made it any more difficult? Was it what, because now, you know if you're if you're like working in the US, if you're not a citizen, you can't work for the federal government, things like that. Was there any vetting process to get into? Well,
0: the- um, well, I did have. British residency okay. and to be honest with you my first appointment was up at Kensington Palace and mm. all I can imagine is that they must have done their vetting on me sure because you know there was very few questions asked mm. um and so i just assumed that everything was tickety boo
1: yeah
0: however um i did one thing was that I was never really briefed on protocol, and I never had to sign anything. Okay. to Just say what I could or couldn't say, right. and I didn't realise that I had to curtsy to her every time I oh. saw her. Right. So one day we were we were actually walking in Kensington Gardens, and her best friend walked in the other direction, and I noticed that she curtsy, her best friend curtsied to her, and I sort of took this in and the next time I saw her best friend who I also happened to train, I asked her, I said you know, do you mind, why did you curtsy to the princess? She's your best friend mm-hmm. and she looked at me in horror and she <laughs> said, well Jenny she said, do you not curtsy? So I said, no I never have in four years oh. and she said um, well it's protocol, you're not curtsying to her, you're curting to the crown so the next time I saw the princess I said you know what? I'm really sorry, but I think I owe you four years of curtsy, <laughs> and she just burst out laughing and she said, "You know, that's really why I love you because you yeah. saw that, fucking, And then, please don't worry. Yeah,
1: four years of curtsying sounds like like hundreds of thousands of squats or something that you could have worked yes. back up there. That would have been <laughs> difficult, as you said. There, it, you you were completely yourself around her, so that that was probably nice for her as well. That nobody maybe wasn't treating her any differently. Would that that's have been? Right. yeah that's cool Mm -hmm. um was there any like i do want to move on to talk more about the general your day-to-day stuff was there any other nice stories you'd like to share just in relation to to that and maybe even tying it into fitness and you know did you ever train her because i I remember seeing when i was growing up seeing pictures of her running a lot and things like that so there was obviously a lot of cardio work in was there any specific regime you were you were keen to, to to go through with her
0: well, I think, um, obviously, we did fun things. I taught her to rollerblade. blade. We went on a skiing holiday together oh, cool. in Vail, Colorado. Um, but my main focus with women, because I am an expert with women's bodies, and, in fact, I'm just now about to launch a new program called Train Like a Woman, um, and so with her, I just focused in on on getting her body incredibly toned, which I think it was evident to see. Mm. Um, and we worked on her posture, and she already had the most incredible legs, so we just made those better. We worked on her arms, you know, and her core. And um, so that was a big thing of what I did. She was extremely dedicated, very um I don't think I ever remember her cancelling a session. Right. And she just had a great sense of humour. She loved to be in the gym uh, rather than at Kensington Palace. She loved to be around people and just observe other people. And very often she would ask me to go and correct somebody if she felt they were doing their exercise incorrectly, which which was incredible.
1: Mm. Oh, cool. No, that sounds sounds great. So so thanks for sharing those stories. So, talk to me more about. I guess the question I would have is like fitness and how it's changed even over the last twenty or so years. As you said earlier, it exploded in the last
0: while. Yes, it has. Um. So after um the untimely death of the princess, um, I hooked up with Lorraine Kelly. I'm sure you know Britain's yeah best love presenter. And yeah. Who and I did. Who and I did two fitness DVDs together, which were the best selling. Fitness DVDs of 1999 and 2000. Mm, um, I good. also brought out a book called um, Genergy, The Only Way to Fit Firm and Feminine Body. And um, yeah, I think it's incredible because 20 years down the line, I am actually in better shape. I feel better. I've learned so much. I think there's so much research and science. And although I still have a lot of my core stuff that I used to do in the day um I have an incredible formula now which which entails doing less exercise um and getting better results Uh, and so that that's what I'm up to these days
1: excellent so it it has science has has helped massively I guess over the last number of years and
0: yes it's so what I've done is I've blended my experience with new research and science and come up with an amazing formula for women's bodies. Although I do train men as well, I had um, I've got Lord or not, he's Jeffrey Archer on my books.
1: Okay, <laughs> on your on his books there was a a slight pun on on Jeffrey there, but uh, that that's a good one, yeah.
0: So he's 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 a colourful character, and um, I spent a lot of time with him before I went back to South Africa, and now I just. Sort of fill in when his other trainer's not around. Okay,
1: great, great high high profile there. To, and like uh, as you said, it's good to have. The, I suppose the the mix. How you, how do you find it different from training uh, a man or versus a woman? What's you know what's the the major changes that you'd have to or different approaches you take?
0: Um, I think I just honestly, in my opinion, I just think men don't really understand women's bodies like a woman does. Like, <laughs> you know, when a, when a man's Got goals in mind. He's not thinking about pelvic floor muscles, about inner thigh muscles. About mm. the, he's more thinking about a six pack and <laughs> biceps, yeah. you know. And whereas, whereas I sort of like to think that I train the mummy bits, and in in every sort of lesson or private client that I have, that's what they tend to to tell me that is one of the best qualities is that i do zone in on areas that women tend to worry about or have a little bit more problems with and i also don't believe women are designed to do heavy weights and i'll argue that fact with, with with many trainers i think if you've got perfect form that you can really work the muscles incredibly well with relatively light weight. Hmm. I mean I've I've never really worked with over three kilograms for my shoulders and triceps and biceps and you know sort of push-ups, modified push-ups, functional training, lunges and squats and you know i've got incredible muscles on my body small muscles i don't think women necessarily want big muscles do mm-hmm. they
1: no I, I wouldn't well i can't say <laughs> i'm not a woman <laughs> but uh, i don't want to uh to say yes or no but i'm you know you, you would you would see the majority i suppose in the gym that would be more focused on cardio and just tone as opposed to to big to big muscles i'd imagine uh, not that i'm looking at ladies in the gym that often now either but um how 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 has nutrition come into your kind of formula more and more over the last few years do you think that's been become a bigger yes, bigger part
0: is massive. it's you know this is a question i get last, asked a lot rob okay. wh- which is more important um mm. diet or exercise yeah um and actually the answer i'm going to say is that it is more diet in the beginning right um You know, it has a huge impact. I would say up to about 80% of diet. Mm. But in my experience, is once you get your blood sugar level stable and you stabilize your weight Mm. and you keep it there for a few months, um, then exercise kicks in. And the key to long-term weight loss is strength training, is to get that muscle onto your body Mm. because muscle burns fat nine times faster at rest so once you've got that you know you've got your 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 proper eating plan under your belt mm. and you step over that line into maintenance forever and then that's when your body starts to work for you and you'll be able to have a binge from now um, now and again and and it it'll, it won't dent um anything that you're doing you'll just stay lean
1: yeah everybody's allowed it makes sense yeah a cheat day every now and again is is okay so um, and i think the question i was thinking of there um so say say for example somebody that is just starting to you know have been not active in the gym for a long time have just got completely out of shape as you said maybe uh, a lady coming back after having having a baby or whatever you know what are those initial steps that they could take to start making progress, and you know how quickly would they start seeing progress over, you know, over a short time period of time, a program that might be put together.
0: Well, I'm actually working with quite a few ladies now who've just had babies. I um, it's another area that's of of expertise for me. Okay. Um, you know, having a baby is not a disease, so I I think a lot of women unfortunately do like to use it as a little bit of an excuse, but I would say. You know, if you've everything's gone normally, that as early as a month to six weeks afterwards, mm. you can start to do some gentle exercise, and be mindful about it. Walking is incredible. You know, so get one of those baby bugs, mm. buggies, and start walking because I can tell you, walking really, really keeps your weight down.
1: Yeah, yeah. I saw you some of your pictures on Instagram and posts around around walking, and uh, yeah, you, you certainly an advocate of that
0: i definitely promote it as in between keeping your daily level of activity up yes it's very very important Hmm. Um, and this if you think about it there's three components to exercise and i find a lot of people get incredibly confused you have cardiovascular which is supposedly your fat burning you have strength training which could be anything from toning to you know anything where you're actually toning up your body and then flexibility which is yoga and all those types of exercises Mm. and actually we need to incorporate all three into our week right um and so for me it's about understanding that you do need to have those three components in order to get your body into the best shape possible
1: yeah and and those three so would you recommend you do them on you know consecutive days, could you do two to on one day? What would be kind of a an approach, maybe that you could um, highly recommend? I think
0: for me, for me, I I understand that we live in a time pressed world. Yeah. So I have designed programs that are quick and very powerful. So for mm. me, ultimately, three workouts, forty five minute workouts a week, which would incorporate eleven minute hit program, which is ultimate fat burning. Right. Thirty minutes of thirty minutes of of strength training, working the entire body, focusing in on those mummy bits, and then some flexibility at the end. For me, that's that really works well. And then in between, to try and just keep your walking up,
1: keep keep the walking up. You know that idea, the hit session idea that has kind of exploded over the last few years. Like there's a you know the twenty minute Uh, workouts you heard of joe joe wicks and those sort of um Mm -hmm. gurus is that something you think is a a good um exercise session to do
0: um it depends it really depends Mm. on the individual because nowadays you know if you're a stressed person then head training is really not a great idea because it's just going to exacerbate your cortisol levels okay so it is it is a really Mm great time efficient way to to get things done quickly but not always for everybody
1: Mm. okay no that's fair and
0: not and not necessarily a good way if you're unfit and starting out
1: right yeah because you could probably do injury because it is quite strenuous in in you know in in the some of the exercises that you can do in that short time frame what, what would you recommend, there's always that question about eating before or after a workout, Jenny, is that something, you know, you'd have a, an opinion on or, and, you know, always hear different views on that?
0: Again, you know, it depends how how serious, you know, bodybuilders will have a totally different outlook on that than I would. Mm-hmm. I think, I think it's a good idea to have something like a banana or a handful of nuts or possibly half a, a cup of um a cup of porridge cooked half an hour before your workout um it 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 really is not something that i think is going to make or break okay a person who just simply wants to be lean and fit and healthy which is which is the area of my, of 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 what i promote i'm not my brother was a top bodybuilder right so he would have an entirely different plan for eating but I'm just helping women to get into their best shape possible I wouldn't you know so if you understand what I'm trying to say here I think it's more about what you eat relative to the exercise that you're doing over a period of the day rather than should I eat this before or after exercise
1: okay cool do you recommend vitamins or supplements at all that uh that people to take
0: I certainly do. I think if we lived on an organically grown farm in California Mm -hmm. where there were no pesticides or estrogenic type activities going on and causing uh, estrogen dominance and hormones pumped into the chicken and the fish in the foods that we eat, that probably not. But since we don't live like that, I absolutely feel that we should back our diet up with with supplements yes
1: okay so you would any, any specific ones that you think are, are are good to take that are have good advantages i think
0: yes i think probably one of the most important is to take omega 3 um the you know the healthy fats uh, turmeric's made its way into the marketplace in a big way and it's a great anti-inflammatory um, i think magnesium is very important for women especially and, yeah, just a general good multivitamin mineral. And on top of that, you know, I try and juice three or four times a week. I have an amazing juicer, so I'll mm. pop some stuff in the juicer just to ensure that I'm getting those um, um, nutrients into my body.
1: Very good. Unconscious of time, Jenny, I know we said we keep it to around half hour, so I just have just two more quick questions. Um and then i let you maybe talk a little bit about how people can get in touch and, and you know, follow up on, on your DVDs. D- do you do you meditate or is there a kind of meditation or mindfulness in your day-to-day life at all? Or how, how do you kind of get into that um, space?
0: I can't believe you brought this up because this is something that, that I really am trying. I've got such a busy mind. Mm. It is something that I'm definitely, I'm trying to get more into. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you can... Meditate just by going out for a walk and just focusing your thoughts, or um, doing a breathing technique, which I tend to do. But, but the more, as life goes on and living and travelling into London, I find that it's important to this meditation thing. I definitely think it's got a place.
1: Mm. Yeah, no, like I've I've started to do it for the last two or three years, and as you said there, you can meditate in nearly any. Scenario be it walking be it on the bus you know in traffic uh you don't have to be lying or sitting in a you know a posture to to do it but um yeah i think for me it's massively improved my life um bit by bit gradually yes. and it's become, oh that's
0: wonderful to hear rob
1: yeah no it is and uh i talk about it at work a good bit and i try to share as much about it on, on this show and talk i kind of ask the same question to everybody so everybody has a different approach to it but i would say 80 percent of people i talk to have some sort of uh, meditation happening which is which is great so it's good to see yes. it capturing yes <clears throat> last one just around sleep is a very important uh area i think as well what's your your recommendations around sleep and how that fits into the overall
0: yeah, for me sleep is paramount in fact i wrote an article called recently called you snooze you lose okay because it affects our leptin uh two hormones in our body so when we sleep well our leptin levels are going to be improved and when we don't sleep well, it it um, activates another hormone in our body called ghrelin. Right. Hope I'm spelling that right, and that messes up your appetite, and you're going to be you're going to be craving all the wrong foods. You might find yourself waking up in the night and going and having a piece of bread with peanut butter on or something. Mm. So yes, for me, sleep is probably in my top five health tips of importance.
1: And would there be a certain number of hours you would have to get every night, Jenny, to, to kind of feel um, like refreshed?
0: I think the six to eight, I certainly thrive based on about six and a half or seven, but mm. some people do need the eight hours.
1: Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's, that's interesting to hear. So, Jenny, look, we've done over a half hour. I know the, the day is about to get going for you there and, and me also. Um, just before I let you go, and again, thanks so much. I know we've been trying to connect this for a while. I'm delighted we were able to have that conversation. Nice. How could uh, people get in touch with you? How could they learn more about you? You know, maybe even follow up about getting a DVD or, or um, yes. some of your books.
0: Great. Great thank you. Um, I'm, um, I'm about to, you know, I've got some, a lot of work up and coming, some exciting stuff happening. I'm going to be posting some videos up on YouTube soon in the meantime, I would just suggest you know to follow me on Instagram, Jenny Rivett. Uh, that's Jenny with an I. Um, I have a website, www.jennyrivet.com, and yeah, lots of exciting stuff happening. You know, my, I'm really pushing to get out there and help women to be their personal best, especially the the market now of uh, women that are 35 and over and just think that it all has to go pear-shaped it really doesn't
1: it definitely doesn't no jenny you know that's uh that's great i'll, I'll include all of those uh links into the the notes when i put the episode out there um yeah,
0: please please link me in and let me see it i would love to
1: oh absolutely i'll be sending you a a, a version of it before it goes live so you can have a listen to that and mm-hmm. then yeah i really hope people uh, enjoy the, the conversation we just had, and, and and reach out to you. And you know, when they do, hopefully they'll let you know where where they where they heard you. So, thanks, Jenny. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Bye. 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 Okay, just before you go, two minutes. I hope you listen. Just give me two minutes. Okay. So, number one, the newsletter. I'd love if you signed up. I have over a thousand sign ups. You'll get a note just before an episode is released every week and if you don't like it just unsubscribe it's on the site click on the home page and you can find it from there number 2 the podcast is growing listeners are going up and up and I'd like to continue to do so so would you be interested in supporting what i do no obligations but i've set up a patreon page which uh, is something a lot of podcasters are doing and other artists i say loosely and you can support it by donating for per an episode or or just in general that would help me improve marketing improve everything i guess i'm doing and try and maybe even get to the point where i can get a guest or two on and pay them for their time so that would be great if you think there's some value in listening to the show maybe you'd like to instead of buying that seventh cup of coffee during the week you could donate two or three euros to the show totally up to yourself if you've got richer by the one percent better podcast maybe you could donate and help it grow and how do you do so you just go to the support page on the website click on support you'll see the patreon image click there and it's pretty straightforward after that okay that's that what is your story what are you getting from the show if anything send me a note email me about that i would love to read out your story be it anonymous or whatever if you want your name read out and uh, that'll hopefully help others get something from it as well so that's really the the value the show is bringing you can get in touch through email it's at rob at i e twitter facebook instagram at rob of the green i'm on linkedin under my own rob o'donoghue name persistence is key with this in the last few weeks i have increased numbers and that's just through marketing through pushing things a little bit more i'm going to keep doing that and get it out there more people are hearing it i've gone over two minutes i know that if you have any ideas for guests that you'd like me to interview i'm all ears get in touch and finally thank you so much for listening and telling people about it and liking it and sharing it it's so nice to get a an email from somebody i don't know and they tell me that they've got something from the show makes it all worthwhile i'm gonna keep doing it i'm enjoying it and i'm gonna say good luck thank you bye